Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into Loon Talk episode 11 here on Score North Podcast Network as well as anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, Jonathan Harrison here alongside my co-host Dan Terrar. Dan, how you doing, sir? Hey, Jonathan. Great. Beautiful day. Another beautiful day. Great week. Another Absolutely. win. It's all Another good. Two wins. Another it's all two good. Wins. That's right. Since we last talked, two wins. It has been a fantastic week. We will jump into that in a second. Let's do some housekeeping things here. All right. uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, Subscribe to us anywhere you find your podcast. It really does help us get found. Also, we are on Score North's YouTube channel as well, so go ahead, leave a like over there, and leave a nice comment about our offices, my cat in the background if you want, uh, maybe Dan's dog if it makes an appearance. Um, really does someone help us the, Someone comes to the door, all heck's going to break loose. <laughs> <laughs> that is really true. Uh, before we jump into reviews um, of the two matches, let's just get this. Let's just do this quickly. Um, there's really no opinion or speculation we can or really even want to do um, other other to uh, offer to what allegedly happened this weekend between Diego Char and a Minnesota United player. Until the league's investigation into the incident is finished and the findings announced, we will not speculate or offer opinion on what happened other than that racism has no place in soccer and, more importantly, no place in this world. Uh, there's really no smooth way to transition out of that, but no. we will just continue, to, continue yep. to go on with the podcast here. We will talk more about that once the best investigation comes yeah, out. Yeah, let, things, let then, things play themselves out, and then we can deal with it at that time. Yeah, until then, we have nothing that can add or... We have nothing to add to the situation. So um, let's start back on Wednesday. Minnesota United versus Austin FC. Allianz Field, a full house, Dan. It was magnificent right, being in all there right, all right. in front of a full house. It was great. It was. Um, you know, I didn't really know as we went back, because you had, you, off the top of the broadcast, you said it had been 613. Was yeah. that what the number was? Number of yep. days. And that kind of hit me. It was like, really? Yeah. And then you, I started thinking back going, oh, yeah, it was one full season plus. Um, so it was weird because it almost had that feeling for me of opening day at Allianz. Yeah, kind of the I heard same that several thing. times from people. Yeah, the, the newness, the excitement. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. Uh, and, and the goal, that first goal uh, was – just crazy because the place just exploded and and it, it it'll, it's one of those moments i think uh i'll remember for many years just like the opening day at allianz and certain games stick with you and this that match is one that'll stick with me absolutely it was as you mentioned that first goal i think my favorite part of it was the absolute eruption of the crowd mm-hmm. for the first time they got to be there in almost two years and yeah. within 10 minutes of the game starting they already get a goal from one of the new guys and it was not just a fantastic goal. It was just a fantastic moment for Minnesota United fans. Yeah. Struggling early this season, they've really risen back. And that, I felt, was a good moment for this team going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, and the fact that it was a really nice goal yeah. just made it that much better. So Yeah, let's talk about it. It it was a nice inside run by Romain Metzenaire. Normally, he kind of goes to the outside. This time, he, he came inside, uh, tricked up the the Austin defenders, and he was able to put in a nice cross. Franco Fragapane, nice first touch to create some space for him, and then an absolute blast into the back of the net over the the Austin keeper. It was a great goal. 
Yeah, it was a fun goal to watch. And we're, we've seen since uh, Fred Pane and since Unu joined the club, we're seeing uh, opponents have to focus on the middle. And don't forget Emmanuel Reynoso mm-hmm. having to focus on the middle. And that has opened up kind of a new angle to Roman Metaner's game. The last two, the two matches last week, we, I, I think he's been in the 18 more than I've seen him all year. Yeah, he's really think, been able to get forward. It, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't get into the 18 very often. Yeah, he's, he's normally well. He's normally outside of it. And the last two matches, he spent a lot of time in the 18, and I think that's fabulous. I mean, yeah. the more he's around the ball, the better, especially with space. So it was. It's an interesting kind of um, change in things that has happened the last two matches. Yeah the the attack with those with those three has really changed how defenses have had to defend mm-hmm. and uh, prepare for Minnesota because in the past, or at least the beginning of the season. They only had to focus really on Emmanuel Reynoso because he was really the only threat they were ever scared of. Robin Lund was up there, and he had been the best player for much of the season. And obviously, defenses were starting to come to him and make make uh, or defend against him. But mm-hmm. for the most part, they were focusing on Emmanuel Reynoso. Now they can't do that. They have to focus on pretty much everybody along that attack now. Once Robin yeah. Lund gets back, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Once he gets back, there's four guys up there that you can't focus on one of them, mm-hmm. only one of them. You have to keep you have to be aware of where every single one of them is at all times well the the book on minnesota and, and i noticed some people's frustration was that they were going to you know bring the ball up on the wing and they were going to cross it in from the, from the wing mostly on the right side with metonair sometimes with chase on the left side and that was because they didn't have you know the pieces that they do now and now I, I got to believe that p- teams are scouting Minnesota much differently now yeah. and are more concerned about what Minnesota can do up the middle. And that's just going to give someone like Metonair and even Chase Gasper that much more space on the wings. And, and that just makes your team better. So uh, some pretty exciting things happening, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the new things that we also got to see is – Adrian Onu's ability to jump and get his head on a ball. We saw that probably on the easiest corner kick Minnesota's ever had. Uh, it was just a, it was simply Adrian Onu jumping up eight minutes after the first goal in the Austin game, getting his head on it and putting it into the back of the net. I can't remember, and I said this multiple times on Wednesday, I can't remember an easier corner kick for Minnesota than that one. It's funny how on corner kicks – you know, nine out of ten, it's there's contact, there's people, there's you know, it's yeah. it's very difficult. And every once in a while, one like that happens where somebody's not marking their man, somebody misjudged the timing of the flight of the ball, and and yeah, it almost it looks easy. It's not easy, but he made it look easy, right. didn't he? And like you said, nine out of ten times you have you have contact and everything, and oh, it yeah. seemed like for the past four years. There's been always contact, and no one's really ever, no one from Minnesota is ever really going to cause a threat there. And now you have Adrian Onu, you have two guys who can put in nice corner kicks in Reynoso and Fragapane, who are kind of shorter guys, mm-hmm. which allows for Jan Gregish, if he's starting, if he's on the field, to get mm-hmm. up there, who's a taller yep. guy. You have, it allows Michael Boxel to get up there, Bakai Debasi. It allows all these tall guys to get up there and battle for these corner kicks that we've never really had before. Yeah, it's it's a completely different look. It started at the end of last season when uh, Emmanuel Reynoso started taking the corner kicks, and and the impressive part was um, he jumped in right away, mm-hmm. and Jan Gregouche had been taking almost all the corner kicks. Well, I shouldn't say almost all, but the majority of them before that, 
they threw him in the near post and and those two actually found some chemistry on a few corner kicks and uh you know now you've got two guys it's another example of where this team has gotten so much better all of a yeah. sudden we thought young gray goose was a pretty good corner kick guy all of a sudden now we've got two guys that i think are clearly better so that's another huge upgrade on this club and when you have guys like that in the situation you were talking about where you can put these skilled guys in there and then throw michael boxel in the middle just to make Mm -hmm. sure everything gets disrupted that they're trying to do (laughs) right um corner kicks get a lot more exciting than they used to be yeah and so let's move on to the rest of the game here minnesota kind of controlled the rest of the first half uh, pretty solid first half. And then something, uh, sorry, wrong note there. Uh, coming out of the halftime, Austin came out with some threat, but Minnesota were able to keep them out. And it was great fight by the team to keep Austin out of the net. Uh, and it was a great win in front of the 19,000 fans for the first time in over 600 days. It was probably their most solid performance that we've seen all season. Yeah, we talked about that right afterwards on the uh, post-game show on Score North, and that it was, yeah, it was it was the best 90 minutes we've seen probably since Orlando, right? Yeah. Since yeah. the mobile. I yeah, think so. As far as 90 minutes goes. So, and that was more important than the score and then almost anything else was that they played hard. They played pretty steady. They had very few moments where you went, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Right. Um, and when they did, it was a couple of them, and Tyler Miller made big saves. So, yeah, it was a very, you know, everybody wants to score three goals. It seems like three <laughs> is just the magic number, right? I mean, you score yeah. three goals, and then you feel like you you really dominated, but it didn't matter. It still felt, you know, it felt like that kind of a win. And, and Well, we always yeah. talk about how a two-goal lead is always the most unsafe lead you can have. Yeah, yeah I, I think a one-goal <laughs> lead's scarier, but. <laughs> For sure. Um, one-goal lead, speaking of that, Minnesota United getting a 1-0 win Three days later, later, almost four days because of the start time of it, uh, <laughs> Minnesota United getting a 1-0 win at Portland, a huge win, means now they are six unbeaten against Portland, one of the better teams in the league consistently, so that is a huge mark for them. Also six unbeaten in this season, bouncing back from four losses in a row to start the season. A good turnaround for the Loons, and it was a dream start for them. Audrey Nunu getting a goal in the second minute. Uh, this one really had some nice passes and movement that we've seen starting to form from the attack, and we really saw it come into play in that goal. Reynoso was blocked in by two Timbers players, and then he chips it through with a nice pass to Fragapani, who immediately laid it off to Reynoso, who had run around the Timbers defenders. And then Franco gets on his horse and charges up field. Reynoso basically takes out three. I, I went back and watched the replay. He took out three Portland defenders with one pass, which allowed... Fragapani just to charge at Steve Clark. Steve Clark had no other option other mm-hmm. than to come out and basically block off uh, the angle, which left a wide open net for Adrian Nunu, who was able to just tap in a nice pass from Fragapani for the goal in the, the second minute. It was a great bit of play by the Loons. Yeah, Emmanuel really basically with with, with what he did created a two on one situation, and mm-hmm. the defender had to lean towards. Uh, the guy with the ball, the goaltender, as you said, Clark committed. And that meant all that he had to do was get it through and across, and it was going to be an easy goal. So, yeah, and, and to score that early was just great. And, and, you know, at that point, I thought, well, here we come. We're going to win this one 3 <laughs> right. 0. We're going to get those three goals. And, you know, I look back on it now, and I would have, I would have bet you a lot of money, Jonathan, that that was not going to be a 1 0 game. I, I'm, I'm still surprised that, that we didn't score again. You're surprised we didn't score again. I'm surprised yeah. with how – so let's get to it. 
the the way the second half started with how intense the pressure was from Portland coming out in those mm-hmm. first five minutes, I'm surprised they didn't find a way into the back of the net. That's a heck of a job by the Minnesota defense and Tyler Miller to keep them out. Yeah, Tyler's been outstanding. The defense has, has made sure that most of the shots he sees, he gets a good look at, although he mm-hmm. did get – there was one, I think, that might have even went through a defender's legs or just around a defender, yeah. and he had to make a big stop on it. So right now the defense is, is where they were a year ago. Um, well, not a year ago, but in, in the uh, bubble down in Orlando where mm-hmm. everything was just cohesive. They were really not giving up chances. They um, – Final ten minutes. What was stoppage time? Nine minutes. <laughs> Nine minutes. Final final ten minutes of of regular time, and then the stoppage time. They did a great job putting on an extra defender, and um, in Brent Coleman, they really. I, I just never felt like, uh oh, we're in trouble here. Um, they just knew what they were doing. They looked they looked yeah. very confident in in closing out that match, which was you know one nil on the road mm-hmm. in a tough place, and that that's a big win. Yeah, it was it was a nice as you mentioned those final I guess at essentially twenty minutes of the match, which it really we didn't was, want a yeah. whole nine extra minutes of stoppage time at twelve thirty in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. Let's not start a game at ten thirty again, MLS. No, not that's fun a for crazy. anybody. A um, goofy. But yeah, the final twenty minutes for Minnesota, they played that perfectly as you mentioned, yeah. bringing on Brent Coleman, going to a five man back line, and the defense held strong. And they just wasted a ton of time. They killed the clock. Anytime the ball got to Tyler Miller, he just lumped it upfield to basically restart Portland playing or getting the ball and playing it back upfield again. And that killed a lot of time. Anytime, yeah, it was just it was well played. They they didn't get too frazzled with all the noise that Portland fans were creating. They didn't let the moment get to them, and that was a really big moment for this team going out there and getting a 1-0 win at Portland, one of the tougher places to play. Yeah, first uh, road win of the season. And, you know, tell you what, when you look at the teams, the top seven, eight teams in the West, you know, the difference probably will be the teams that can get points away from home. These mm-hmm. teams are all good enough where they're going to get their, you know, they're going to get a lot of points at home. They're going to win a lot at home, and it's gonna it's gonna be the teams that can find a way to win on the road that are going to do it because those are the toughest points to get in, in MLS. So that's a good start to get, uh, you know, a, three points out of Portland. Yeah, we uh, as the banner pops up here on the YouTube feed, uh, six point week. Well, technically seven point week if you want to go back to the game before. Um, our last It'd podcast, be like including Dallas. It'd be like yeah. an eight, seven point eight day. See, that yeah, doesn't, doesn't sound that as doesn't, good as six point yeah, week. Six no. point week sounds a lot yeah. better. So six point week for Minnesota, two straight wins. That makes it six unbeaten for them. They have now climbed up into fifth place in the Western Conference. What a fantastic run of form for this team heading into a July where they have, I think, six games. It's a lot of games in a short amount of time mm-hmm. coming up and it's just a fantastic run of form that they are in right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? When you're playing uh, as well as this side is right now, you don't mind that schedule so much because unlike a year ago where their depth was so badly tested mm-hmm. um, down in Orlando, now it's not being tested as heavily because most everybody, you know, knock on wood, is is healthy. And as long as they're healthy and have this depth, then bring on the heavy schedule, man. You're, you're, you're winning, you're playing well, you're healthy, you've got depth, you know, let's play. Keep it going. You know, Absolutely. keep piling up the points. 
So let's take a quick look. I know your favorite thing is to look at the standings. Oh, but I have goody. a question. I have a question off of where they are at right now. I mentioned they're in fifth place um, in the Western Conference. That means they, looking at the standings, they're one point away from RSL, who is the first team out of the playoffs. If we're looking at it like March Madness, they're okay. eighth place right now on 13 points. Minnesota fifth place on 14 points. They are two points behind Colorado with 16 points. LA Galaxy are kind of the next tier up at 21 points, then it's Sporting Kansas City with 23 and mm-hmm. Seattle with 25. With how close they are to the bottom of that uh, of the playoff spots in the West, my question is, it's something that they didn't do for the past two seasons. They never drop below the playoff line. Do the Loons drop below the playoff line again this season with that depth they have, with how well they're mm-hmm. playing right now, and with the with the amount of games that are set to come, do you think they ever drop below that playoff line? Boy, they could, but it would be just ever so slightly because I feel like they should they should be able to secure three points against San Jose at home <laughs> coming up. We're going to talk about that next time, yeah. sure. Yes. So if I look at that and I say they're going to do that, that pushes them up even a little further away from that line. And as long as they don't go into a streak where they lose, you know, you know, go three games without a win or lose, you know. I mean, they certainly could. If you drop two in a row and the right teams win, you yeah. could be back below the line. I mean, it took um, the right teams losing and drawing to jump right, up right. from I ninth mean, to I fifth. Think it's, so. I think it's very possible they won't drop back below the line again, uh, only because, again, I look ahead and I think they can secure three points on Saturday, and then they're sitting in a, in a better position. Yeah. You know, then, then they've moved themselves a little further away from that line, unless everybody below them wins too, but that probably won't happen. So, yeah, yeah they could, but I, I, think there's, I think there's a good chance they stay above it. So we'll get to that game against San Jose that you mentioned. Woo-woo. Should be a good first one for place, Minnesota. San Jose. Remember when they were in first place? Jesus. It feels like so long ago, especially for San Jose fans who <laughs> got news of their own today. Um We'll get to that in here in a second. San Jose Mm -hmm. Earthquakes at Allianz Field this Saturday. Pre-match starts at 6.30 p.m. Kickoff after just after 7 p.m. on Score North on AM 1500, Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. You can hear Dan and I on the pre-half post, first half, and second half. The entire broadcast with us over on Score North. Uh, Last last time out for San Jose, it was a 3-1 loss to Chicharito and the LA Galaxy on Saturday. Uh, So that means in the last seven matches... They have been outscored fifteen to two. That's seven. That's a seven-match winless run. One draw, six losses, um, all time against Minnesota since Matias Almeida took over at the beginning of last season. They are four losses, zero wins, zero draws, with fifteen goals against and mm. four goals scored. So Minnesota right. has scored fifteen against them and only given up four against San Jose while Matias Almeida has been their manager. So Sorry, the since the twenty thing- since of start start of twenty nineteen. Excuse me. So the, the toughest thing might be not to get overconfident. Yes. So all those numbers. This could be a trap game. Well, yeah. And that's, that's always scary because, you know, desperate team on the road, get nothing to lose for them. They're, they're right. playing horribly right now. So they're going to throw everything at you. But uh, the way our, I just – I can't see this club after – and Adrian talked about this in the last couple of matches is he keeps reminding the team where they've been. Yeah. Remember what it felt like to be 0-4. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's exactly the right way for the for the coach to handle this. And you've got enough veterans on this team that are going, yeah, that was awful. We do not want to we don't want to feel that again. 
I don't think there's a trap game, at least not right now, uh, in Minnesota's future. I, I just, I, I don't. I think that this is one they'll handle. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they have like this big goal scoring burst and they score two. <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> it would be nice. Um, yeah, I, I think with the way C- or San Jose plays, Mm-hmm. Um, especially under Matias Almeida, that man marking system where they mark you all across the field, it always leaves space for one of the center backs to come forward, and that's always been Michael Boxel in this in this system that Adrian yep. Heath employs against yeah. against San Jose. Forty yards wide open in front of Michael, and yeah, and just go ahead. Gonna, and Debassi is real capable of doing that, and so. yeah, and so you don't you can't go wrong with either of those two guys going yeah. forward. Um, not like you ever want to see your center backs go forward, but against San Jose, it's worked for. Minnesota magnificently, hence why they've scored 15 goals against Matias Almeida's San Jose in the two year, two and a half years he's been there. So it's the run back, and I'm sure Michael Boxel would would agree with this. It's the run back that they don't like. That yeah, part of it sucks. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be 110 degrees like it was in Portland. I don't think it's yeah. supposed to be that on Saturday. I think Saturday no. is actually supposed to be 89, so it's going to be decent. That's a little chilly, yeah. Little <laughs> Compared cool. to 110, yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit decent. Uh, let's stick with Loon's news as we move through here on Loon Talk. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps us get found. Myself, I am Jonathan Harrison. That is Dan Terra. We are the Minnesota United Radio Broadcast Team um, over on Score North on AM fifteen hundred scorenorth dot com and live dot scorenorth dot com and the Score North mobile app. And that's Jonathan's cat behind him. Yes, that is Mila taking a nap because she is very entertained by soccer talk. Um, (laughs) Sticking with Loon's news, Loon's might be without Robin Lud and Romain Metzener as they are both in Finland and France, respectively, getting their green cards, opening up international player spots for Minnesota. Hopefully they're able to return in time, but I do not know. I have not heard anything since then. Um, Well, this is – we're recording this on Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. You got a few days for things to figure out because yeah. you know we, it'd be nice if we didn't have to be without both of them. So yeah, it'd be nice if we could see Robin Lode with this attacking offense. I mean, mm-hmm. Nico Hansen's filled in great, and mm-hmm. he's with how defenses had to have had to focus on the other three. He's had a ton of space and has played pretty dang well for this team in his in his yeah. filling role. Yeah, good to have him. But um, you know, but on the other side of it, if those two can get their green card situation straightened up, that's a that's a big plus for the team too. So Absolutely. I'm sure the club says, hey, in the whole scheme of things, it's well worth it. If they even if they do have to play without both those guys, uh, in the big picture, it's worth it. So and if you're going to miss them for any game, I think San Jose in the midst of a seven match winless run and never having beaten Minnesota in the past two years, I think you're okay with those guys missing this match if they have to. Mm-hmm. You feel pretty comfortable now that you have Yuka Raital and Jan Gregish back, mainly Jan Gregish. He can yeah. go in the midfield. Hassani Dotson co- can go back to that right-back spot for one game because we know Hassani Dotson can do it. We've seen him do it over the years since he's been here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good to have Yuka and Jan back from the Euros. I believe they are available for selection on Saturday. We'll see. Um, okay. The other news for the Loons, this came out last week, or earlier, yeah, last week. Michael Boxel will be joining the New Zealand U23 team for next month's Olympic Games. So he'll be gone for a couple weeks at the end of July. I think the the Olympic soccer men's soccer tournament starts on July 22nd, goes through August 7th if they get to the finals. They are New Zealand is in Group B alongside South Korea, Romania, and Honduras. I have no idea whether they're supposed to advance or not out of that group. Um, but the games that he will miss if he's gone for the entirety of that time 
are against the Portland Timbers here at Allianz Field, at LAFC, at Vancouver, which is actually Utah, um, versus Colorado, and versus Houston. Okay. Well, congratulations to Michael Boxel. We've talked many times uh, during our uh, broadcasts and during uh, this program, and I told you someone comes to the door, it's crazy in here. Um <laughs> He's a classy guy. He's yeah. he's a leader. He's a you know he deserves you know his shot at the Olympics if that's what he wants to do. And uh, I'll be cheering him on all the way. Absolutely, and I know a bunch of Minnesota United fans will be cheering him on as well as he's one of the longest tenured loons yeah. on the squad. Obviously, the captain of the team when Ozzy Alonso is not on the field. Um, one of our favorite players here. I do appreciate what Michael Boxel has done for this team, especially pairing with eight other center backs in his time here in his five years here he's able to be so and actually actually talking with with cal williams uh recently it's the number is actually like 11 11 yeah they because of substitutions and stuff cal did a little research and found that uh there were a few few other players and i will have to get those names from him because they're players that i barely remember like guys (laughs) that had a cup of coffee with the team and then they were gone uh, but if I one think, of them think, is not for Fernando Bob, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> and so I think officially they could come up with 11 different partners he's had as a center back. So That's amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> and he's, as I mentioned with, I think, Adrian Heath a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, I think he's really underrated in this league as one of the better center backs in this league. Unfortunately, in every position in this league um, – how many goals and assists you have play too big of a part yeah. in how uh, you are. Uh, Roman Metinier was an all-star because it was that two years ago he came out and he had like six or seven assists early mm-hmm. in the year. And yeah. all of a sudden he's an all-star. Well, I think he's playing better this year than he was that year. He yeah. just the team isn't scoring a lot of goals. And so he hasn't picked up points, but to me, you know, it's just, that's too big of a factor, especially in defenders and, um, yeah, Michael Boxel isn't going to score very often, um, and it shouldn't be that that scoring goal a middle back and goals yeah shouldn't really yeah. matter. Yeah, the but, clean sheet number is more important for those guys. Yeah, Minnesota have been racking those up lately. I believe it's five now. If I'm doing my math correctly, kind of doing it off off the top of my head. I think it's five now after those two last two clean sheets they got versus yeah. Austin and Portland. Um, let's take a quick look around the league at some of the other scores and news from the week. Sporting Kansas City come from behind and snag a 2-1 win against LAFC. LAFC continue to sit below the playoff line this season mm. and continue to look for a true threat at that forward position. Biggest, Rough biggest season for mystery, them. Maybe the biggest mystery in the West so far, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I can't <laughs> I can't figure out – I don't think anybody can figure out why they're struggling so much. You're looking at the table right now. They are – Sitting ninth place on ten or on twelve points, so they're just what a point out of the playoff spot. So it's not too far, but still, mm-hmm. they haven't they haven't been above the playoff line in a couple of weeks now, and there's a lot of questions being asked about LAFC right now. That's as, a tough. That's a tough city to play in if things aren't going well, or to coach in for that matter. If things aren't going well, especially with how much money they've spent on that roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So things will hopefully or hopefully for them and their fans turn around for them. Hopefully they can stay out of Minnesota United's way going forward this season. Um, Ricardo Pepe, one of your favorite FC Dallas players, scores a brace as his FC Dallas side secure a rather surprising 2-1 win over New England. The Revs still sit atop the Western or the Eastern Conference. FC Dallas, with that win, climbed out of the cellar of the Western Conference. They're now 11th place instead of 13th. All right. I had See, when I was growing up, 
my best friend had a little schnauzer, and its name was Peppy. Oh, okay. So every time I every time we call a game and I talk about Peppy, I can't help but think about this little <laughs> schnauzer. It should come running up to me every time I say Peppy. So but that's it. I got to tell you, that's why. I just it's That's just, why he's your favorite player, not just because his name is Peppy. It's, it is. It just brings back memories. So I enjoy okay. I enjoy calling Peppy. Uh, one one thing that fans in Cincinnati will enjoy is their team finally discovering how to win a game. They won two of them, actually, this week. They've had themselves a six-point week, securing two wins, one at struggling Chicago and the other at struggling Toronto. That at Toronto is more like at Orlando. But two nice wins for uh, FC Cincinnati, who get wins against fellow cellar dwellers in the Eastern Conference. So surprising week for them getting wins against those two teams. Toronto being the news of being one of the stories of the season for all the wrong reasons, player infighting, coach not doing well, wow. rumors of the coach already being fired, uh, what, 10 games into the season. So it's uh, not a good run for Toronto, who were second place in the Eastern Conference last season. And, and Toronto's going through exactly what you didn't want to happen here in Minnesota. Because mm-hmm. when it got to 0-4, you started hearing grumblings and and, yeah. and all the negative stuff and, you know, Heath out and all this stuff. You're going, oh man, because if you go down that road, it just gets uglier and uglier yeah. and uglier. And that's why this going six after going zero and four, now going six without a loss, it puts all that to rest. And yeah, uh, it and fans are happy and players are happy and man, because you know you think about it, we were maybe a couple more losses away from going down that same road that Toronto's going down now, and and that's not fun for anybody. No, you Nobody. can tell that <laughs> Nobody has a good time. You can tell it's wearing on on just everybody there. The players are questioning sure. the coach's tactics. It's oh, a new yeah. coach there, so obviously there's that situation. Coach taking over for a very successful Greg Vanny who left in the offseason to go to LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the players are players are not happy with the tactics. It was a questionable hire to begin with, considering how much Toronto has spent on their roster, and you go with the guy who struggled and actually ended up failing at New York Red Bulls, which is a Many people didn't yeah. understand the hiring in the off season, and that's starting to show. Yeah, nine or ten games in, as they've only won once this season, and they currently sit thirteenth in the Eastern Conference, just five points on the season for Toronto. Even even even, even the broadcasters get crabby. Yeah, nobody needs that. <laughs> Cal be calling us wankers, and it just it would get ugly. Yeah, yeah. it's not fun. Uh, I'm glad Columbus- we avoided that. In happier news in the league, Columbus Crew are set to open their brand new stadium, Lower.com Field. Weird name for a field. but we'll, Lower.com? I, yeah. I don't okay. know what they sell on that website, but that is the name of Columbus Crew's new stadium. It looks amazing. I'm happy for Columbus Crew fans. They saved their team. They saved their team name. They've gone through a lot over the past couple years, and they're ready to rejoice in that brand new stadium for them. It's going to be a nice opening day for them on Saturday. Yeah, they should have a good time. And uh, I just, I just hope that someday we get to the point where we can go see some of these stadiums. Cause there's oh, some beautiful venues now around the uh, MLS Absolutely. and I sure would like to go see them. <laughs> that would be amazing to be able to travel, especially if mm-hmm. we get a team in Las Vegas, my birth town. Yeah, let's, well. let's get a team in Las Vegas. Come on. Just put a put a GPS tracker on you and let you go. The NFL has one. The NHL has one. USL has one. Why can't MLS have one? Make it happen. Well, they probably will someday. Make it happen. Uh, going back to San Jose, 
Today what? they announced they have parted ways with general manager Jesse Fiorinelli in his four years as GM of the club. San Jose have a regular season record of 41, 67, and 28, just two playoff appearances, but no wins in the playoffs, and now are in the midst of that seven-match winless run they have been in. Everybody on the coaching staff and the rest of the technical side stay, but they have parted ways with their general manager, who San Jose fans did not appreciate over the last four years. Yeah, and we were just talking about Toronto, and Toronto's headed towards those kind of shakeups and changes. And yeah. for San Jose, this is one, you know, three, four weeks from now, if things haven't gotten better, then there'll be more shakeups. There'll yeah. be, you know, so, yeah, and like I said, you just don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it happen with too many Minnesota teams in the past. <laughs> and, um. Yeah. Let's just stay away from that because those. You know what happens at the end of all that after they've tried a different GM, they've tried a different coach. Then it's oh well, we're just we're rebuilding, right? Oh. And that's not no. a fun process for anybody. No. And lastly, <laughs> as we look across the league, the LA Galaxy are in the news, not because Chicharito. I promise. Um, Your they are they are rumored to be in contract talks or discussing a transfer for Welsh star Gareth Bale. Bale, 32, spent last season on loan at Tottenham Hotspur, but they didn't choose to keep him another year, so he's returning to Real Madrid, where he reportedly doesn't feature a new manager, Carlo Ancelotti's plan for the future. Madrid, or Bale has had a kind of terrible run at Madrid. He's been great, fans haven't liked him, and he's been in and out of the lineup for some reason, despite scoring magnificent goals for them, especially in Champions League finals. He's been great for them, just the fans never took to him for some reason. He's been in and out of man- their different managers' plans over the past several years. Um, problem for LA Galaxy, they don't have an open designated player spot, but since it's the Galaxy, that's never really stopped them or the league from adding a star to the Galaxy before. <laughs> so you think they'll find a way around that? Yeah, the league always finds a way for the Galaxy, it seems like. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, that'll just make them a, a better a better side than they yeah. already are. Um, Absolutely. That's a dangerous proposition for any Western Conference team to add mm-hmm. Gareth Bale to the LA Galaxy, who have already been a, a pretty big surprise this season, currently sitting in third in the Western Conference, 21 points on the season. I don't think anybody expected that quick of a turnaround for them and Greg Vanny, um, considering what they had to go through the past couple seasons. Um, but it as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, the Galaxy are like the Cowboys. The league is just better when they're good. Each league is better when those two teams are good. It Many fans don't like hearing that, but it's just the truth. They are the team that brings in the casual fans because they know the mm-hmm. name. And more casual fans means more viewership, means more money into the league. And that can only be good for the players and the fans because it means more stars in the league. Yeah, the teams that play in L.A. and play in New York and and the huge metropolitan areas, um, they are important to the league um, mm-hmm. because their their fan base is so huge and and you've got you know New York fans all over the country and you've got L.A. Galaxy fans all over the country and uh, because those cities are so you know huge population wise. They're just there. You need them to be competitive and it gives people tune in. You know, if you're Minnesota, you want to play in a playoff game against a team from LA or New York or, you know, one of the big, um, you know, metropolitan cities because you just, you, that's the big stage. So, yeah. um, 
although I don't want L.A. to get that good. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> want Minnesota to get that good, not L.A. Right, not those teams. right. So, but you know, it's it is a part of the it is a part of all sports leagues. You got those teams that you know it's better for everybody involved if they're competitive. Absolutely. All right, that's been a look across the league. That's been our reviews of a really good week for Minnesota as they continue to bounce back Great. from that yeah. poor start. So now we get to our favorite segment of the week, one that always leaves us questioning whether we're making the right decisions and predictions. Write that down, Dan. Let's take a quick accountability session. But first, the rules to write that down. Three soccer-related predictions, at least one Minnesota United-related prediction. Mm. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the season. We'll call those goals. Most goals at the end of the year wins the golden boot. We still have yet to find a prize. I don't think we ever will because I like the suspense of not knowing what the prize is. <laughs> Look at all that red you got there. You got some red, too. Oh, hold on. <laughs> let me bring down. Write that down. There we go. You got some red, too. Um, quick accountability session for me. Two wrong this week. I said Emmanuel Reynoso will assist either a Fragapane or Uno goal. Yeah. Against Austin FC, he did not do that. He did yeah, register he the secondary assist in Portland, mm-hmm. but doesn't count because I said against Austin. I did say Spain will not advance to the knockout stage of the Euros. Well, they only went on went on to score five goals in their final group stage game against Slovakia to go on and advance. Then they scored five goals in the round of 16 match to advance as well. So they've definitely proved me wrong there. Um, wow. For you, you had a couple come off the board. Two good, one bad. You said Tyler Miller will give up one goal or less in the Austin and Portland matches combined. Well, he gave up no goals in both of those games. Mm-hmm. So, correct point for you. You said Adrianunu will score a goal Wednesday against Austin. He did that on that really nice corner kick. But you did say Emmanuel Reynoso will score a goal against Portland. He did not. Yeah, he kind of let me down. Yeah. Underachieving again. <laughs> yes, underachieving because he's only had no assists on this season. Uh, and then we had guests. We had a guest prediction come off the board as Andy Greeter, who was our guest a couple weeks ago, said Franco Fragapani will score multiple goals in their three games after the break. So Dallas, Austin, and uh, Portland. But he did. So we got that right. Got that part right. But he had a parlay. Yeah. He said Adrian Inu will not score at all. Well, I couldn't. When he said that, I was scratching my head going. Andy, don't make this so hard on yourself. <laughs> I always like a good parlay, but that one was a questionable Man, one. We'll have nah, him on he... to explain it again. Yeah, we'll have to have him on again soon. All right. So then, our... if he keeps, if he keeps uh, predicting like that, he's never going to get any points. So <laughs> He's still got two left out there. Uh, All right. Well, let's take a look at what we still have left out there. Uh, Cal said this one should be coming up here any day now. He said, Cal, Cal said Minnesota will be in the top six in the West after the Euros. Currently, they are, so that prediction's looking pretty good right now. Oh, okay. Um, Andy Greeter did say Minnesota will trade Tyler Miller this year. That's looking less and less likely considering how Tyler Miller's been playing. Yeah, all of a sudden, it looked like a sure thing, and now it's really, really questionable. Yeah. Um, you said the Loons will make the playoffs in 2021. Uh, you did say Chicharito will not be the leading goal scorer at the end of the season. No, He's got he 10 this year. He won't, no. He's got 10 this year. I believe he's leading the yeah. league. Probably going to have an accident. Wow. Dan put a <laughs> hit out on him. Jeez. He won't, no. Um, I said Dane St. Clair will have at least four clean sheets for Minnesota United this season. I'm concerned what? about that. You are. <laughs> Considering how well Tyler Miller's playing, I don't know that Dane's going to take the field again. Yeah, when you made that pick, it looked as though he was going to be playing all the time. So. <laughs> uh 
Oh, I got a, I did get one right. I'm just looking at it now. I said Minnesota will take at least seven of nine points in the next three games. They took seven of nine, so I got one right, actually. Never mind. Oh, okay. Good for you. I didn't read it correctly. I did say Argentina Good will win Copa America, you. so that one I'll probably be wrong. All right. On. We'll see. Um, right. So that's what we got left on the board. So the standings, I'll have to actually update these. I have four goals, you have eight, and the guests have one goal on the season. So, Dan, with that, should we get to our predictions tonight? Let's do it. You want to start? Who's up? Am I up? I think you I'll went you first start. last week. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to stay with my uh, – I'm going to stay on the Tyler Miller train. Okay. All right. I am going to predict – I'm going to tell you right now that he will get a clean sheet against San Jose – and he will make at least four saves. Okay. Clean All right. sheet and four that saves. Way, that way, I, I put it on there so that if it's one of those games where he gets a clean sheet because he didn't have to stop anything, mm-hmm. I don't just get an easy point. He's got to make at least four saves for that clean sheet to earn it. So write, write that down. Fair enough. I like it. I like another good game from Tyler Miller against San Jose. I'll stick with San Jose. Write this down. The Loons will score at least three goals on Saturday. At least? They've scored a ton against San Jose and how they play, how San Jose plays. I'm bringing, I'm hoping, and I expect us to score at least three. Wow. Write that down. Wow. Offensive explosion. That would be crazy. What would we do with three goals? I don't know that, I don't know that I'm used to cutting up that many goal highlights in one match. I don't know, I don't know that I'll be able to handle it. Busy, busy. Write that down. Dan? All right. My second one. Copa America trifecta. I'm going for the trifecta here. You are doing a parlay. I love these parlays. Let's bring it. Friday and Saturday. Okay. I'm picking three winners between the games on Friday and Saturday. All right. Brazil, Colombia, and Argentina. All right. Let me pull up these matches. Now, you could say, you could say, well, those are three really good clubs in, in a butt. They all three have to win. No, no draws. They all three have to win. And if one of them loses, then I'm out. But so Brazil, Colombia, and Argentina all going victories with, this weekend. You're going with the Colombia upset of Uruguay. I like it. Yes, that's a bold pick. Brazil's yep. kind of an easy pick because they I have been so. the best team in the tournament, and yeah. they are hands down the favorite to win the tournament. Right. Argentina have Messi. Generally, they get to the finals with Messi, but they didn't yeah, lose. Colombia is my Colombia is my wild card there. I think they're going like to win. It. You didn't want to go with the four games and pick the Peru Paraguay match on Friday? No, then it wouldn't be a trifecta. You can go for the four. It'd be a quadfecta. No, I've never even heard of that. Nah, why not? Come on. <laughs> be adventurous here. I learned I learned all about racing from Dark Star out at the racetrack, so <laughs> it's a trifecta. There's no okay. quadfecta. Well, you all can right, start your turn. It. You can Write start that down journey. and then Write it's your down. turn. All right. Write this down based off a conversation we had earlier in the show whether the Loons will drop below the playoff line again this season. Write this down. The Loons will not drop below the playoff line this season. I think they are too good. I think now that they have all the talent that they had been talking about bringing in before the season, now that they have them here, and we Mm -hmm. see how good they do play together this early on in their run with the team, I'm so excited to see what this attack can do with more games under them and especially bringing Robin Lud back, how well that can open up things for the rest of the attackers. I don't think that this team will drop below the playoff line again this season because of the attack and how well the defense has play, been playing lately. All right. There's one that we're not going to get paid off on until late in the season. So. Yeah. I'm all about all right. having the, the picks that don't get paid off till much well, later. 
you're you're going to let me fall into a sense of uh, false security here, yep. thinking I'm way ahead of you. And then at the end of the year, they're going to start just piling up. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. You know that's what? How, I'll add my lead now, and I'll yep. take my chances. Um, in the MLS this Sunday, three matches. See, okay. and, and what I really like doing is making sure that you have to do math and have to add oh, stuff. So goodness, I love so, math. Three matches: Dallas versus Vancouver, Colorado versus Seattle. The LA Galaxy versus Sporting Kansas City. Those three, there will be a total of 12 or more goals in those three. Wow. You are predicting predicting a goal explosion this weekend in MLS. I, I'm predicting one, one of those teams is going to blow one up, and that's going to make that possible. Okay. All right. I less. like it. More goals. That's only the two better. per team. That's six teams. That's two goals per team is 12. Yeah, but that's still four goals a game. <laughs> I think we're averaging, I think, like 2.5 on the season per game. Somebody's it's been coming down because we've had a lot of – it's been coming down lately because we've had a lot of, like, 1-1 draws across the league lately. Yeah, um, there have been a lot of draws, and everybody's been playing in high heat, and it hasn't yeah. been ideal playing conditions. So, yeah, that's it. All right, my Write final one. Down. I'm going to the Euros here. Huge matchup on Friday. Not Switzerland and Spain. I mean, that would have been France versus Spain, but uh, summer for – Switzerland, the goalkeeper, made a huge penalty save against Mbappe and basically or did send Switzerland on to the uh, the quarterfinals. That's not the matchup I'm most concerned about on Friday. Belgium versus Italy. Both tournament favorites going in. Well, Belgium tournament favorites into this one. Italy a dark mm-hmm. horse considering how they played um, for the past six years or so. But now Italy have been really good this tournament. They have basically moved themselves up into the favorite category in the in the rest of the tournament so belgium versus italy the winner of the euros will come from that match whoever wins that game will win the euros okay i'm not buying the hype train on on england quite yet yeah they got a huge win today against against germany that got that got a huge 600 pound gorilla off their back and it was Mm -hmm. cool to see that happen at wembley all those fans but whoever wins belgium versus italy will win the euros this summer Okay, write that that down. down. All right, sounds good to me. That is my final prediction. That has been Write That Down for this week here on Loon Talk. Once again, you are listening to Loon Talk. I am Jonathan Harrison. That is Dan Terhar. Uh, You can listen to us for all game matches. You can be heard on Score North on AM1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. We are the radio broadcast crew for Minnesota United Matches. Um, You can find me on Twitter at JohnHarrison90. Dan Terrar is over on Twitter at Dan Terrar, D-A-N-T-E-R-H-A-A-R. Uh, you are listening to Loon Talk on your favorite podcast streaming or podcast service of choice. Remember to give us a rating review and subscription. It really does help us get found. Also, you can find and watch us over on Score North's YouTube channel if you want to watch us and see our cool offices. One or both of these will get painted to if I'm if I'm remembering your plans correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So they'll have new shades of paint pretty here pretty soon here. So. Yep, should be good. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Hopefully, oh, a, uh, hopefully a big win at home with a another full stadium, and uh, you know, then the next day is the Fourth of July, so it just be a, it'd be a great weekend just to put three points away Saturday night and then finish off the weekend. So Saturday against the San Jose Earthquakes at Allianz Field, normal kickoff time this time, six thirty p.m. pre-match, seven p.m. kickoff, no nine thirty, ten thirty p.m. kickoffs anymore. Hopefully. No. 
Hopefully not. Do you have to work your uh, your other job on Sunday? On Sundays, yeah, right away in the morning. You don't get the Fourth of July off? No. Oh man! Come on. No, you think All they right. would give me give anybody time off? No, come on. Good thing you're young; you can handle it. Yeah. Well, I'm not that big on fireworks, so I'm not really too concerned about missing Fourth of July. How does your cat do with fireworks? Uh, she kind of has the zoomies when that happens. She'll just run around on like oh. she is right now when she's just sleeping. Yeah, She'll run around when, when when these neighbors around here start firing off fireworks. Then she gets a little anxious. But hopefully, we get kids, a little more rain between now and the fourth. Otherwise, those fireworks can be followed up by grass fires everywhere. So <laughs> that won't be good. Hopefully, we get some more rain between now and the fourth. That would be nice. All right, Dan. We will talk on Saturday. We'll also come back on Saturday with the loon call. We didn't do one last Saturday because it was one o'clock in the morning when the post match show ended. So. We both wanted. I to would just have get done up. it, but Jonathan didn't want to. So. Yep, that's definitely how that conversation went off air. <laughs> All right, come on, you loons! Another win come on Saturday. All right, thanks for listening. Have a good one. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you. Ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.